it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off on a Wednesday on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us midway through the week. Coming up in the next three hours, the new college football playoff rankings are out. We'll decide if we agree or disagree with the new list at 620. Oh, Lordy, here it is. Time to buckle up as we start to bet on the NBA for the first time this year. We'll look at tonight's schedule in 20 minutes. At 640, we are talking NFL as we discuss the best games on the schedule this week. Starting at 7 o'clock, more from the NFL as we play Read and React the great Lucy Birch joins us at 720 with her take on sports and pop culture. It is another edition of our Survivor Pool at 740. And finally, during the 8 o'clock hour, more of our NBA picks and leans, followed by Kate Constable at 820 and Best Bats at 845. Chelsea, how are you doing on this Wednesday, my friend? Good morning. I have bet on the NBA this year. Maybe you were gone, oh. but I did bet on some props when it came to Ben mm. Simmons. He's been my dude in the props market. Oh, I haven't yeah. bet a ton on the NBA, but I have bet on some props. Uh, but the other update is this is a morning show, so I feel like this is an appropriate conversation. So mm-hmm. I got a new type of coffee that is supposedly 70% less acid than normal coffee because the okay. coffee has been upsetting my stomach as most coffee does on an empty stomach. So I changed to this low acid uh, coffee unfortunately it does not taste great so i was all excited for it i was like man i'm gonna feel great today and then i take the first sip i'm like oh man Uh, are you ever disappointed by something like that it's so weird that you say that because i was gonna start the show by telling you a coffee story so (laughs) it's really odd let me ask you this though what does it taste like i'm sure it tastes coffee ish but what does it taste like since it's low acid I like it just acid. it doesn't have the the same flavor. Like I don't know how to describe it. It tastes like coffee, just not mm-hmm. good coffee. Like it has a coffee <laughs> right. flavor because I think most bad coffee tastes like like flavored water. Like I think that's my main complaint with most places that serve iced coffee. Like there has been times at the drive-through at like McDonald's when I order an iced coffee that I want to throw it back through the drive-through and be like this is not coffee. <laughs> it tastes like coffee. It just 
It has a weird flavor. Maybe because I've been getting flavored coffee and this is not flavored coffee. Do you drink flavored coffee or do you just go for the the standard ish? I don't like flavored coffee. I don't like it when it tastes like nutmeg or whatever. I just like basic coffee. Now I do like just a little cream and sugar in my coffee, not overdone, but I'm not a big flavored coffee guy. I generally like just the basic stuff. I imagine you drinking like Folgers out of a tin can. Like, <laughs> is that the type of coffee that you get? Like a huge thing of Folgers or like the most basic brand? No, actually, well, it's weird. It's just sort of whatever's available. It's either Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, or there's a little niche coffee shop around the corner here called La Colombe, which is really great coffee. So sometimes we'll go into there, and all they offer is beans, and they grind it for you. So it's really sort of upscale. But I don't do that too often because it's a little pricey. So normally, if, if we're being honest, it's whatever is available when I walk a block and a half to CVS. I'm like, ah, this Dunkin' looks good or this Starbucks look good. And so I'll just grab that off the shelf. Yeah, so you still make it at home though, right? Because like, oh, we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, going sure. to get coffee. No, 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 no. I go to Dunkin' or Starbucks, uh, but it sucks waking up this early in the morning. Like you can't go to Starbucks because nobody's up this damn early, at least on Central Time. So here I am with my low acid coffee that I will drink because it's in front of me and I need coffee, but I'm not going to be super jazzed about it. I'll tell you what I'm not super jazzed about is that for the past couple days, I just have not been able to wake up every morning. And I've just been like, God, I don't know what it is. I'm drinking all this coffee and I'm sleeping pretty well considering and I don't know what it is. And then yesterday, Catherine was working from home and she opens the refrigerator because I'm getting ready to make the coffee and get it ready for the morning because I have the timer set. So when I wake up, it's good to go. And she grabs the bag and she just shows it to me. And I got decaf. And that's why oh, I'm no. like, well, no wonder I accidentally just grabbed decaf off the shelf. So I've been chugging coffee like I got to wake up. I got to wake up. And I've been drinking decaf the whole time. So that explains it. God. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a tough one. And that proves that you do need caffeine. Cause sometimes I wonder about like the placebo effect. Cause I also mm -hmm. got another bag of coffee, which is like the bulletproof coffee. I oh, don't yeah. know if you've heard of this type, but people who love their bulletproof coffee, love their bulletproof coffee. So I wanted to see for myself if it's not just the placebo effect, because it feels like when there's like a health craze, it's very easy to get sucked in because people want to yes. feel good about themselves and they want to think that they're doing something to make themselves uh, feel better when it comes to their body. We'll see if it actually does anything, though. Well, you should feel better about yourself because you were a winner last night, Chelsea. Drink that gross coffee and then tell us about it. Yeah, we had Ohio minus seven. It was my yeah. one star play of the day. Had to bet on something. We looked at Maction. It felt like Ohio was the most trustworthy favorite on the card. And luckily, they came through for us. It was very much a sweat. Uh, they won 20 to 10 as seven point favorites, but we will take it. That's a dub. We'll take that dub. I was on that as well. And of course, finally, I was fading the Sharks last night who had not won a single game this season, had Flyers on three-way money line, only minus 120. So thankfully, I didn't get crazy there. But that was a loss for this guy. The Sharks finally win their first game of the season, despite being outshot 40 to 19. 
They went two to one. So they finally get in the win column. The Donkster had the Sharks on the money line, plus 165. How about that for the Chalk Donkey? You never see that. Got a win there. Also had North Dakota at Iowa over 154. And that was an easy winner as the Hawkeyes went 110-68. So for the week, Chelsea, you're two and two. I'm two and two. And the Donkster is two and one. That's what we do. We start off slow, we lay that base, we lay that foundation, and then we go from there. It is a daily tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a great Wednesday morning. And what did I wake up to this morning? The brand new college football playoff rankings. Number one remains Ohio State. Number two is Georgia. Number three is Michigan. Number four, Florida State. Those are right now the teams that would make the playoff, followed by Number five, Washington. Number six, Oregon. Number seven, Texas. Then Alabama, Ole Miss, and Penn State. So these, you know, these rankings, of course, are fluid. They will change because we know that Michigan will play Penn State this weekend. That's a possibility that could shift things up. Ohio State will play Michigan at the end of the season. That will be a huge shakeup in the rankings, depending upon who wins that game, who loses that game. Georgia is taking on number 10 Ole Miss this weekend. So these are these are set for now, but do you have an issue with the top four, at least as we're talking at this point, even knowing that we will see some shifting? I don't think I have a problem with it because it looks like Washington should resolve itself because Ohio State or mm -hmm. Michigan is going to end the season with at least one loss. So it looks like there is a chance we don't get Ohio State and Michigan in uh, for the second year in a row because they both made it last year. So it does look like uh, if Washington can continue to run the table. And then here's where the questions arise. If Florida State runs the table and they don't lose a single game, and if Washington runs the table and doesn't lose a single game, who is ranked higher? Because if you look at the schedule, Washington clearly has the tougher schedule, mm -hmm. especially down the stretch. Uh, even this weekend, they've got a top 25 team in Utah. Do you think Washington can leapfrog Florida State in those rankings? Absolutely. No question about it. The ACC is so weak this year. What is Florida mm -hmm. State's best win? Clemson? Isn't I, I think it's Clemson. Yeah. And they, they almost lost that game. And Clemson is, they're not garbage, but they're certainly not the Clemson we're used to seeing. It's a very mediocre football team. So that's their best win. That's a team that absolutely has to win out in that conference. And if they do, they're in. But I'm with you. When you look at the Pac-12, which is sort of a shame that it's breaking up, because the Pac-12 is very solid this season. When you talk about Washington, when you talk about Oregon, when you talk about Utah, and you talk about UCLA, which has been in the top 25. And USC, I know they just dropped out, but still a formidable foe, at least offensively. So if you're Washington and you went out, I absolutely think the Huskies will either jump Florida State. But regardless, I think, I think they both get in, honestly. I think Florida State is in. I think Washington is in. Unless Oregon pulls the upset over Washington and they meet again. But if they both went out, they are both in. Yeah, and then the other thing I was thinking was I'm trying to think of your Longhorns and the scenarios where Texas gets into the Final Four. I'm not There's sure if it's going to happen. There is, but we would need a lot of chaos because if yeah. Michigan only loses to Ohio State or vice versa, mm -hmm. it feels like their one loss 
would be a better quote unquote quality loss than probably Texas's loss. Wouldn't you say yeah. like, isn't that the problem that not all eight and one or whatever, you know, blank and one mm-hmm. teams are created equal. So if you lose to a team in the top four, I feel like the committee's not going to punish them nearly as sternly. I, I cannot disagree with that. What I think will happen is obviously Ohio state and Michigan, one of those teams will knock the other out of the top four just by virtue of the fact that they play each other Mm -hmm. and play each other late in the season. So one of those teams is going to go. I don't see Florida state losing their end. Now, if Oregon upsets Washington, I think they probably jump a one loss Texas as well. I think the best way for Texas to get in is, and this is a, this is a possibility by the way, I think maybe it's Alabama knocking out Georgia, but then you think, well, would you put Bama in the top four Texas needs an upset here. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I I agree with you. Early on, I thought there was maybe a possibility for Texas to make the top four, but because Oklahoma lost, I think that extra loss for Oklahoma is, or an extra couple of losses now, that has really hurt the Texas case a little bit. So I'm with you. I think Texas is probably going to be five and like right there on the outside looking in. Not set in stone just yet. I would love to see... Miami just pull like a surprise out of the hat and be like, ah, we're going to upset Florida State. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening either. But this is where the rankings actually matter because you can see kind of how the committee thinks. Because I was just thinking, do you really want Alabama to win out? Is there a chance if Alabama won out and beat Georgia that the committee would put Alabama in over Texas? Like looking at the rankings now, it looks like the committee is saying, okay, Texas beat uh, Alabama outright. That is how things work. But mm-hmm. I feel like we've kind of seen this chaos before where people are left shaking their heads and saying, well, mm-hmm. they beat them earlier in the season. Are we not looking with our eyes here? But sometimes if you have these losses earlier in the year, the committee mm-hmm. will say, okay, well, this team looks better now. And they just beat Georgia, who for most of the year has been the number one team. Do you think there's a way that Alabama sneaks in? Yes, because you know that the committee will not want to leave an SEC team out. They're just not going to do it. They're going to put an SEC team in, whether it's an undefeated Georgia, whether it's a one-loss Alabama team, they will finally, or they will finally find a way to get an SEC team in. And I do want to say this too. One thing we're not talking about, I know we assume that Florida State is going to win out because they have been the class of the ACC. But one team we are not talking about at all in the ACC is Louisville. And Louisville has one loss on the season. And Louisville has gotten really good. And Jeff Brom has really brought that team together. They have a single loss. And if they meet Florida State in the ACC championship game, that is a game that Florida State could absolutely lose. I don't think they will, but they will get a a much more stern challenge than they've gotten all season long. If you, if you think about, oh, we thought it was Clemson. We thought Clemson was the team. Well, Clemson's okay this year. They're, they're very mediocre. So Florida State will have a real task, a real challenge when they face Louisville, if they face Louisville. And if that happens, if Florida State loses, then that's your path for maybe Texas getting in. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't see a scenario, barring an upset this weekend where maybe Ole Miss beats Georgia or something like that, where the SEC gets left out of the top four. 
Oh, no. I think somebody's probably going to be putting Georgia in at least. Like, even if yeah. they lose out, I don't know. I am rooting for chaos, though, because there is so many things and so many scenarios that can still happen to where these rankings this week won't even mm -hmm. matter at all. So I am hoping for chaos because I don't have a dog in the fight. So I'm just rooting for chaos. I'm hoping for chaos, too, because I need chaos for my Longhorns to get in. And also, does does a performance matter in a championship game? Let's say the Big 12 goes as it's supposed to go and Texas plays Oklahoma State and they win by 40. Would that make a difference? Probably not. I don't know. But I'm with you. I am all about chaos when it comes to college football. That's part of the fun. Coming up next on the show, do we dare? That's right. Forget about player props. I mean, we'll talk about player props. We're going to handicap the NBA sides and totals, and we're talking about that next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It's a Wednesday. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show on a Wednesday. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Good morning to you. Coming up shortly, a battle in the city of brotherly love between the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, we're talking NBA. Chelsea, allow me to please be an old man for a second because I saw this story and I thought, what in the world are you doing? So a couple nights ago when the Lakers played the Heat, LeBron James and the Lakers were upset that LeBron wasn't getting the calls. He wasn't getting the calls that they thought he should get. So they made a tape. They made a highlight reel of calls that, that, that didn't go their way, that should have gone LeBron's way, and they sent it to the league complaining about the officiating. And this is the softest thing I've ever heard of in my life. This is what drives me crazy. Dude, back in the day, if you drove down the lane in the NBA, you got hammered. You got absolutely body slammed to the middle of the lane. And you know what the referee said? Mm, that's foul. That's foul. It would be a flagrant two today. And now LeBron gets a couple of calls that he doesn't like. And if you look at the free throw disparity in this game, it's like the Heat attempted three more free throws than the Lakers. It wasn't something crazy. But there's nothing worse to me than when you are a marquee player, you're one of the greatest players to ever live, and you're not getting a couple calls that you like early in the season, so your team is making a tape and sending it to the league. That is soft with a capital S. Yeah, it sounds like LeBron's the Karen of the league. I'm going to write on. a letter to management. But part yes. of this is on the NBA because the NBA has been doing this for superstars for so long that why would he not think that he has a chance here? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't the superstars get most of the calls in the NBA? Yes. So, like, it's not like LeBron is coming out of left field here. Like, if he thinks it's worth a shot, like, I guess go for it because the NBA has been doing this for superstar players for so long. 
I just don't get why it matters that much in a regular season game. Like, I get it if it's the NBA Finals and these calls are extremely mm-hmm. meaningful, but it's one game out of the year. Like, maybe yes. let your video coordinator do something else. But I think the NBA deserves part of the blame here because they've been enabling superstars for doing this God. for so long. Yes, and also here's the thing. Like you said, these superstars, and this is not specific to LeBron, they get the calls generally, for the most part, almost every mm-hmm. game. So what, you only got 95% of the calls you're upset about the 5% you didn't get? I'm so sorry. You know what you should do? Make a highlight reel of the three calls you didn't get. Look, I I, I saw, the, <laughs> and he did. And, he, and listen, I saw a couple plays that he's talking about, and he's right. It was a foul, didn't get called. Okay, that sucks. You know when that happens at the NBA? All the time. All the time. Every single game ever. And imagine being someone who guards LeBron on a regular basis, and you're like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many times this guy's gotten away with a ticky-tack foul on my end? Or maybe I I brush or I, I breathe on LeBron the wrong way. My breath just offended his sensibilities, and the referee's like, oh, that's a foul. But now... You're getting a couple calls that don't go your way, and your team is creating a highlight reel of it based on one game, ah, game. Oh, my God. Softer than pudding. Soft. Pudding. Well, here's the one factor that I do like in this. You just said, Mm -hmm. imagine trying to guard LeBron James. Guess who plays the Lakers tonight? The Rockets. Guess who's on the Rockets? Dylan Brooks. So it couldn't have happened at a better moment because as much as we love complaining about LeBron, you know who we hate even worse? Dylan Brooks. So good luck, Dylan Brooks, guarding LeBron James without getting a highlight reel of missed foul calls getting sent to the commissioner's office. Yeah, and also Dylan Brooks is already opening his mouth talking about shutting down LeBron. I'm like, dude, yeah. You know what you need to do? You just need to shut your face is what you need to do. On Tuesday, Brooks said, I'm ready to lock him up. You know, you should lock up your mouth. You should just be quiet, put a lock on it, and not talk smack to LeBron because every time Dylan Brooks opens his mouth, he makes a fool of himself. No, I disagree completely. I want him to keep running his mouth and keep looking like an idiot because the league needs a punching bag. Like, this is like reality TV. The best reality stars are the ones that have zero self-awareness. And that's what Dylan Brooks is doing. Despite being drugged through the mud multiple times after running his mouth and being proven wrong, he continues to do it like an idiot. But you know what? I love it. (laughs) I love it for the drama. And somebody's got to be the most hated person in the NBA. Like, he's got to be in the top five, right? Of, like, the most dislikable unlikable players easily i feel like he's number one i think draymond's up there too but at least draymond draymond has some titles to his name like he's won things dylan brooks has won nothing absolutely nothing yeah i think brooks is number one can you think of anyone else yeah i think it's gonna be the mount rushmore is dylan brooks draymond green Grayson Allen's probably thrown in there for all oh, the like, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, oh, even though I don't worst. think he's as hated as he used to be just because he's not as big of a name of a player. Like when he was at Duke, he was pretty hated because he was one of the main guys. But now that he's not like a main guy, he doesn't get as much traction. So people are like, oh, yeah, he's doing Grayson Allen things again, but whatever. 
He's not even a starter, I don't think. Like, I think he comes yeah. off the bench. I'm not sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think that's right. That's a good point. Grayson Allen definitely belongs up there as well. Chelsea, let's try to handicap some NBA games, shall we? Let's get into it. It is an NBA Wednesday, and we start with the marquee matchup in Philadelphia. The 76ers hosting the Celtics. Celtics. Laying two and a half points, they are minus 140 on the money line. The Sixers are plus 115. Your total set at 228 and a half. And the spread is up from Celtics minus one and a half. Total is up from 225 and a half. So the total has gone up three points in this matchup. What say you, Chelsea? Yeah, this is a tough one. And I think you're seeing a short spread for a reason. I was a little shocked to see the spread going the other direction, though, because last night when Mm -hmm. I was looking at this game for the first time, I saw the Sixers getting a point and a half. And I thought, okay, well, maybe there's a chance that the Sixers win this game. They've been on fire. Both of these teams have had a relatively hot start to the season. So if you look at both of these teams, they're sitting atop the East, both at five and one. And usually I would say, okay, why would you bet on some of these games where you're not sure if players are motivated? I don't think that's going to be the case here because this could be a potential matchup of what we see in the Eastern Conference deep in the postseason. And it's been the Celtics that usually take uh, the Sixers lunch money Mm -hmm. and send them on their way. So maybe if you abide by those standards, you say, okay, the Celtics in general uh, have uh, owned the Sixers. And maybe you take the Celtics here. I don't think I have a, a play in this one, though. I think it's going to be a tough call. I'm not sure. I just wanted to ask Matt. Maddie, you're a Sixers guy. What do you think? You could pop on camera. You get He's a Nets chat. guy. I, oh, he's a Nets guy? I thought he liked the Sixers. Oh, he is a Nets guy. I always, I always get confused because he loves the Eagles and he loves the Phillies, right? But then he's also a Nets guy. I don't know. Here's what I think. I would go... Even he says in the chat, I'm all over the place. Fair enough. I'm going Sixers here. I'm going to go against the money. I, I Sixers have won five straight. They're undefeated at home this season. And they're going to be playing in front of a bunch of angry Phillies fans, still bitter for the Phillies getting eliminated in the NLCS. So I feel like you can get a little plus money on the home team here. I'm like you. I'm a little surprised the money is going in Boston's direction, though I get it. I'll go Sixers money line. Why not? Yeah, I was looking at some props for this game as well because remember the storyline we were talking about with Tobias Harris before last game saying, uh, Nick Nurse was saying, okay, we need you to be more aggressive and take more shots. And I thought maybe it would be the problem with the assists, and it was. He only finished with five assists. The line was five and a half. Um, So I'm wondering if he's going to score more in this one. However, scoring 18 against the Wizards 
is way different than scoring 18 against one of the toughest matchups mm -hmm. in the Celtics. And I think that's why I'm going to stay away for some props in this game, just because both the Sixers and the Celtics, if you look at matchups, are the toughest matchups for just about any position. The only weakness I can find is the Celtics defending the three-point shot. Uh, I believe they're top 10 in most threes given up when it comes to matching up against shooting guards and point guards, but I'm not sure if there's anybody on the Sixers that I want to rely enough on to make threes because mm -hmm. threes aren't just getting the open shots. You actually have to make said shot. So I don't think there's even any props I like in this game. I think this is one you just sit back and watch for the implications in the East. I agree. What about in New York City? Spurs at the Knicks. The Knicks are laying nine and a half points. The Knicks minus 400 on the money line. The Spurs are plus 310. Your total set at 224 and a half. Total has inched up from 223 and a half. I really like the Knicks here. And when I first looked at this game, I thought, oh my God, there's no way I'm laying nine and a half with New York. And so I thought, okay, I'll look at the totals here, right? Spurs are the best over team in the league. Knicks are the best under team in the league. So I'm like, uh, no thanks. However, I think this line is a trap. I think a lot of people are going to see Spurs and say this is way too many points for the Knicks to be laying. I'm on San Antonio. But the early money has hit the Knicks. And I think it's because they've had a really tough schedule early on. Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, Clippers. They deserve a break. I think they get one tonight. So I'm going to lay nine and a half with the Knicks of the Garden. Ugh. Like I'm I cool with saying that's the reason I wouldn't play the Spurs here, but I still don't think I want to lay nine and a half with the Knicks. I think these two things could correlate. If you think the Knicks mm -hmm. play a great game here and they play some great defense, Maybe you hit the under because you are getting a somewhat palatable total in a 224 yeah. and a half, although the number is going up. So maybe some people are thinking that Wimby's going to be a cheat code against this defense. However, he's still getting his wings. Like we've seen some really crooked stat lines and, you know, him lighting up the, the blocks category and being a freak athlete. But he is still very much getting used to the NBA and the officiating. And the defense is going to be real tough here, I think, uh, with this Knicks defense. So I get why you kind of are leaning towards the Knicks here. But in no world do I really want to lay close to 10 points. Maybe the under's the play, but the line's moving in the other direction. So there's yeah. another landmine. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Oh, we'll see if I have the guts to play this by the end of the show. Chelsea. Let's talk Nuggets, Warriors. This is another great game tonight. Nuggets length mm -hmm. three and a half in Denver. Nuggets minus 165. Warriors are plus 140 on the money line. If you like that plus money, total set at 227 and a half. Tell me how about this game. Yeah, it looks like the Nuggets at home, right? This is the trend that we are yeah. picking up and yep, carrying yep, yep. over from last year. It is an incredibly difficult pl place to play because of the elevation. And plus, the, the Nuggets have not skipped a beat when it comes to this team. It kind of mirrors the mentality of Nikola Jokic, that he is somebody who is not going to stop and you know continue celebrating a championship that he won last year he's somebody who yeah. brings his lunch pail to work every single day and we <laughs> have seen it thus far so i'll take the nuggets here laying the short number especially when they're playing at home although what steph curry is doing this year it is unprecedented it's wild to me how old he is and yet it looks like he's on pace for his like best season ever although what are we like yeah. a month into the season 
Yeah, but you're not wrong. I mean, he's looked unbelievable. So I, you can't deny that, which has been fun to see, especially early on. I don't know if that's sustainable, but if there's anyone can do it, it's certainly him. I'm with you. I'm laying the three and a half with the Nugs. Five and zero at home this season. Winners are three straight. Four and one against the number this year. And also, I think that a lot of people will see the Warriors. You know, people love betting on Steph and the Warriors, right? They're going to see the Warriors getting points, and they're going to jump all over that. I just think Denver is too good. So I will lay it with the Nugs. Finally, we got Cavaliers at the Thunder tonight, also Suns at the Bulls. Any of these games you like? I think there is a game where I'm going to be looking at props, and it's not either Ah. of these games. Anytime you are playing the Wizards, it is a great matchup for props because the Wizards are number one terrible and don't play much of defense. (laughs) So I think there is a play to be had on LaMelo Ball tonight for the Charlotte Hornets. I have not decided if it's going to be points or assists because Terry Rozier also out for the Hornets here. And we're seeing a ton of money come in on just simply betting on the Hornets against the spread. And I wouldn't talk off that one either. The Wizards have been downright terrible this season. Uh, As of now, we are seeing 74% of the money on the Hornets at home, minus three. I think that's a good play. And maybe looking at LaMelo Ball over his points prop. Oh, I like that. I'm trying to decide. If I want to play the Hornets on the money line at minus 150, it's a little juicy. Hornets are laying three points. Terry Rozier is out. The Wizards are really bad. And I feel like that's a pretty palatable price on the money line in the NBA. Hmm. I got to think about that one. All right. How about I just do it on live radio and just sit here? Hmm. 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 I don't know. Hmm. Come up next year on the show. Can the Joshua Dobbs experience help the Vikings continue to surprise us this season? We're going to talk about their game against the Saints and more. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Come on back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us. I'm Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up shortly, there are many great matchups in the NFL this weekend, so we'll find the good ones and tell you where we are putting our money. Well, Chelsea, let me give you your daily A.A. Ron update. You know I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. He was on Pat McAfee yesterday because he gets paid so much money to do it, and he said that he is expecting to recover and be back from his Achilles injury in a few fortnights. <laughs> well, a fortnight is a couple of weeks. So what does that mean? Five or six weeks, something like that. I I wonder how much of this is, is real and how much of this is Aaron Rodgers being – Aaron Rodgers, the attention seeker that we have seen, particularly over the past year. An Achilles injury is generally a a devastating injury that keeps you out for a year. But he had some sort of procedure done that he says was sort of experimental that has helped a lot of athletes 
get back sooner. And I just, I can't fathom seeing Aaron Rodgers back at quarterback this season for the Jets. But do you think this is a real possibility? Yeah. I mean, isn't medicine getting more and more advanced these days? So it is not yeah. shocking to me that we are seeing advancements in a career that obviously there is a lot of money on the table. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers can afford to go see the best of the best here. I think the other question is, it's not that he's just coming back from an injury. It's the fact yeah. that he's also a little bit longer in the tooth. So his body, as much right. as he wants to talk about his internet degree in medicine and what he's doing to preserve all of his organs and tissues, that mm -hmm. eventually it's going to you know, wear down faster than if, say, somebody half his age got this surgery. So we'll see. And also, he doesn't get to decide, I don't think, if he's the one that's going back on the field. Because wouldn't you yeah. think the Jets, who paid a lot of money for him and a lot of draft capital, uh, would say, mm -hmm. okay, we want you back on the field too, but at some point we've got to protect our investment. Like, we don't want you going back out there and then, you know, being – sent back to us one play later in a deja right. vu of the first game of the season. So we'll see how it unfolds because there is no punishment for him if he gets this wrong. Like, if he says, yeah, I'm going to be back in a few weeks. And if he's wrong, like, okay, there's no retribution. So, like, of course, right. he can say whatever he wants. No, I guess so. I, I will say this. He's such a weird dude. But I also feel like if there's any guy who could make it happen, it's probably him. Maybe he's just taking some ayahuasca and he's going to see some witch doctor in South America and figuring it out. But, you know, if you look at videos and you read sort of between the lines, or not even read between the lines, you read about the Jets locker room, this guy's been walking around without a brace on. And apparently he had some sort of lift in his shoe to give him some support. But still, to be able to walk around after having a torn Achilles this soon, at least it's trending in the right direction. But that would be a remarkable story, especially at his age, because it's tougher to recover, as you know, as you get older. So just something to keep an eye on. And if Zach Wilson, uh, which is a big if, can hold it down, and that Jets defense can hold it down until he gets back, that will be something to see later on in the year. All right, Chelsea, let's talk Week 10 in the NFL. The best of the best. Chiefs, Eagles, and Dolphins are off this week. So are the Rams. So there are only three games featuring teams with winning records. Let's start with Browns at the Ravens. Ravens minus six. Ravens minus 250 on the money line. Browns are plus 200. Total set at 38 in the hook. This line has moved from Ravens minus five and a half to Ravens minus six. Seeing little Baltimore money come in. How are you going to play this one? I really like the under here. Certain games you look at with a better's eye, and it's mm -hmm. not anything depending on the matchup. It's not the X's and O's. It is just a situational spot. Doesn't this look like a situational spot where maybe you take the underdog when everybody is saying, yeah. oh, but the Ravens look amazing. The Browns look terrible. Why would you consider the Browns here? Because it's the AFC North. That's why. We have seen, mm -hmm. like, look at the Steelers. Every single week, nobody wants to watch their offense. But yet, 
you'll see them in these like divisional matchups and they'll pull out some like wins out of their back pocket because it just feels like the AFC North is that type of division. So if you want to play this one conservatively and you don't want to pick a side, Jenks, I think you're spot on here with playing and under. The Browns defense for the majority of the season has been one of the best defenses in the NFL. I know that they have had some slip-ups. Like I remember playing an under in the game where they gave up 38 points to the Indianapolis Colts. So it's not like this is a complete lock. But I still would lean towards the under here. I think both of these teams are going to want to try to run the football a little bit more. And plus, it's the AFC North, the black and blue division for a reason. So I would hit the under here, under 38 and a half, and also a slight lean towards the Browns and the points. I feel like AFC North divisional dogs, I would Mm -hmm. love to see that trend. If somebody had it, I would love to see it because it feels like it would be a long-term probably winning play. Yeah, I, I I love the under in this game. I'm going to play. This is going to be one of my plays this weekend. Maybe I'll bump it up a little bit, lay some juice. You know how I love to do that, but I don't even think you're going to need it. These are the two top defenses in the National Football League, number one and number two. And I like the Ravens laying the points. I like the under here. I just feel like if you look at Deshaun Watson and how he's played since he became the quarterback of the Browns, A, he's always banged up or not playing and even when he is playing he has not been effective at all like he had a he had a touchdown pass to Amari Cooper last week and yeah you look down you're like oh that's a touchdown pass that pass was batted at the line of scrimmage or close to it went up in the air and just kind of fell into Cooper's hands in the end zone very lucky that wasn't picked off and just overall he has not been a very good quarterback the Ravens lead the National Football League in sacks so you're talking about a quarterback that isn't that good anyway and a Ravens defense that will be able to get after him I like the Ravens but I really like the under based on the two defenses here how about the Niners and the Jags in Duval Niners laying three Niners minus 150 Jags plus 125 on the money line of Adam GM and your total is 44 and a hook Chelsea let me defer to you here the Jags have won five straight but this seems like a good buy low spot on the Niners. So how are we going to play this bad boy? I think this is one where you probably need to wait and see what the injury report looks like. Because two huge yeah. names on that uh, injury list for the 49ers. Trent Williams, the offensive tackle, who's a perennial all-pro, one of the best offensive linemen in the game, is questionable for this one. Uh, the line here is that they hope he can return to practice uh sometime this week so we'll have to wait and see on him and also Debo is questionable for this one uh as well although he was on the field for practice so it looks like he is trending in the right direction and could be playing for this one if both of those guys go or even those guys go I think this is a great buy low spot on the San Francisco 49ers although I think Trent Williams is the more uh, meaningful of these two players because we have seen what Brock Purdy turns into when he suffers a little bit of pressure. Uh, like I said, Trent Williams is very good at uh, protecting that offensive line and protecting Brock Purdy. So we'll see. But as of now, the lean is a hard lean towards the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I here's the thing. I agree with you, but this just seems off to me. It seems like a trap to me. I, I, If I had to bet this game, I would bet the Niners as well. But it, it feels like to me Vegas is just begging you to take the Niners. It's only three. They've had the week off. Debo is back. 
They traded for Chase Young. Like, everything screams 49ers, but yet the Jags are sitting there as a home dog. I don't know. I'm not going to play it, but I I honestly feel like Jags' money line might be a strong play here. I'm kind of all over the place with this game. I just don't know what to think about Jacksonville because even though they have this winning streak, they haven't exactly played a very difficult schedule. I think the Niners are the right side. It's a stay away for me, dog. Saints and Vikings. Saints minus two and a half. Chelsea Saints minus 145. The Vikings are plus 120. Total set at 40 and a half. Chelsea, what's the winning play? Is this a misprint? Oh. The best of the best, and we have the Saints and the Vikings? <laughs> like, come well, on, man. I don't know. They have winning records. They do, but like, would you put them in the best of the best? I guess by definition, mm. with all those other teams on bye weeks, somebody's got to fill the card, but it's definitely not a game that I will be betting on. I don't feel like. This is the time to buy in on the Vikings who needed some last-minute magic from Dobbs, who is a great story. I will root for Josh Dobbs. I think he's a great person, mm-hmm. but we have seen what happens with him in larger sample sizes. Yes, he had one start where he led them to victory over the Atlanta Falcons, and I will say they're playing another team from the NFC South who's probably just as bad in the New Orleans State. So... Uh, maybe the Vikings getting points here, but it kind of feels like a trap. I don't think we see a great game from Josh Dobbs in that many games because I saw him with the Titans and he was not good, but neither are the Saints. At least the Saints' defense is somewhat good. I don't know. This game's not making the card for me. No, that's, uh, it's, it's not the most definitive you've been when making an argument, but I get it. Is this a game you really want to bet? I'm I'm kind of with you. No. I will say this. I like <laughs> you're right. I like the Saints. I like the Saints here. The crazy thing about the Josh Dobbs story, and it is a great story, is that he didn't know any of the plays clearly because he was not supposed to start for the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell after the game was hoarse because he wasn't just putting the play calls into the headset in Joshua Dobbs's helmet. He was having to explain the play calls. So he was saying, all right, here's the play call, and here's what's going to go down. So by the end of the game, he didn't have a voice because he's telling Joshua Dobbs everything that he's going to have to do on this play. And even more incredibly, Josh Dobbs on the fly processed all of that information and got the win. Pretty incredible, but Saints have looked better on offense. I'm laying the two and a half with New Orleans, even though, like you, not my favorite game on the slate. Coming up next on the show, time to chug some coffee with actual caffeine in it. Put your head on a swivel. We're going to the NFL. It's an edition of Read and React on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It is a Wednesday. For more, listen to the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.